This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this week's episode of Property Jam, where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week we have another lovely human being with us. We've got the lovely Chris O'Hare joining us this morning, this morning, this afternoon, this evening, today. 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 <laughs> you're, you're as confused as I am now. <laughs> I'm listening. Good start. <laughs> so before I mess it up any further, I'm just going to hand straight over to you, Chris. Tell us who you are and how you are ending up on Property Jam. Oh, there's a there's a question. How long have we got? <laughs> no, so obviously by the accent, I'm from Salford in Manchester. Uh, brought up there. Uh, had a crazy time in the eighties, a makeup fueled hair explosion kind of thing, and got into music. Uh, initially, just loving music, but then you know, last year at school, kind of couple of met. We used to go clubbing really, really young. So uh, a couple of mates, we just said, uh, should we start a band? And we're like, well, we can't play anything. He goes, don't matter, we'll start a band. And then, Nigel, come on, do you want to be our drummer? Didn't know you were in a band. Yeah, yeah, we're in a band. So we just started this band. None of us could play. We all learned to play together. Kind of back in them days, listening to bands, I don't know whether you'll know any of these, The Chameleons, Killing Joke, kind of alternative, gothy kind of thing. But then we were out clubbing at, in the Hacienda on a like late 80s, uh, early doors of kind of acid house days. And uh, kind of out on a Saturday night, then rehearsing on a Sunday playing goth music. So we just thought, nah, sat the goth, get into dance music. And then we started mixing the guitars back and that kind of led us on. So we ended up getting a record deal and 12 years in music as a band and then record producers and... Yeah, you could do a whole episode on my old uh, creme brulee. That's a lot more interesting to, to me than property right now. Well, <laughs> it was, yeah, I mean... Um, can, can you have, share you got your, have you got your late night X-rated show? So we'll have to do, we'll do that. <laughs> well, yeah, as, as a fellow musician. Ah, um, what do you play? Uh, p- piano. So I'm a bit ah, of a right. pianist. So all through my 20s, I was a session musician. and played oh, wow. in, in uh, numerous bands and um didn't didn't quite get signed but it, but it wasn't it's quite it was quite hard to get signed in the 2000s and the 80s quite easy to get signed i, I believe oh was it yeah so, yeah uh... of course it was <laughs> like, like it's hard to get deals now but it was easy in the... yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like properties really hard to find this this year but two years ago they were all over yeah, the place. yeah. 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 <laughs> would you uh, would you share the name of your band it was a band called eskimos in egypt uh Okay, what? We, yeah, exactly. There you go. There. So oh, I love that band. What are they called? Don't know. <laughs> so, uh, but we did. We no, did it was right? more like why? Why did the name? Like, I mean, I know it's ironic, but like, what? Why? Why Eskimos in if Egypt? If you heard the alternatives, the alternatives were oh god, swell the throng, and I don't even want to <laughs> think about what imagery that brings to mind. Uh, the guitarist's <laughs> old band was called Pigswill Breaks the Curfew. So we were upgrading all the time. If we'd have just kept going long enough, we might have got there. But yeah, so 
it kind of actually in hindsight then it kind of did fit because we were mixing the dance music and the rock thing very early doors kind of late 80s when no, nobody else was really doing that back in them days he used to do um as Matt will know white label mail outs and uh, oh Oh no! Stop! Oh my God! <laughs> Google Images, Jesus thank Christ. you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, ironically, there isn't that much. You know, like if that was today, like we 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 did about nine videos, and I think there's only about two, like on online these days. If it's today, they'd be all over the place, yeah. Yeah. and albums and all sorts. But so we did four albums. Time. We we did we did quite a bit. We did the word. Um, Infamously, after the guy in the bath of beans, everybody remembers the guy in the bath of beans, whoever used to watch the word, but we were the band afterwards that nobody else could remember or remember the name. So, apart from that, things were brilliant. <laughs> so, hang, so, hang on a minute, what is it a guy you know taking it from Eskimos and Egypt to, to property? Like, how does that transition happen? Oh, god, I mean, it's 20, 20 odd years. So, I, I ended doing music in 1999 went back to uni retrained set up a design business so we're not even halfway there to property yet so uh set up a, a design business in 2007 sold it in 2011 set another up in 2013 and then in 2016 you know earned a few quid and had a great life to, today and just thought right i better firm up this retiring early malarkey and started running the numbers and as you know musicians not really big on pensions <laughs> didn't really what too much away what's that <laughs> yeah exactly yeah don't swear it and um so we just i just started looking at the numbers and oh, gee, it didn't add up i thought I'll, I'll have to work for another 20 years i mean i actually worked worked out if i put 10 percent of income away i'd have to be like 70 before i'd get 30 grand a year pension so that, that wasn't going to work for me. So I, this was 2016. Uh, I think it's all Brexit and all that kind of thing, making me rethink everything. And uh, I kind of just started looking at loads of things and I ended up meeting somebody socially. And uh, she says, oh, I'm a property investor. I'm like, oh, all right, yeah, tell me about that. And she's telling me about OPM and Mimo and all these things, and I'm like, right, don't understand any of this. But she did signpost me. I think to they're, they're cryptocurrencies, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a cryptocurrency. Don't, don't get me on crypto. We'll be here at another couple of hours. Oh my god, you're one of them. Yeah, but it's been great. It's been great. It's volatile, and you've got to lose any attachment to the numbers because it's. It, there was one stage when. I'd leave my house, and by the time I got to the train station, I'd lost five grand. <laughs> then I get the train in, and I've won five, ten grand. And by the time I'm at the bar, it's ten grand down again. Oh, and, I couldn't do it. I, yeah. couldn't, I couldn't live. No, well, that's it. You just got. But it's a bit like you know when you ever look at the property house prices over time. It's erratic, but the trend is that, and mm. that's exactly crypto. It's, it's more distilled or more extreme, but it has been like that. Uh, so I've I've had all my, my stake out. I've had like a hundred percent ROI profit out. I've still got a good stake in there. And now all I do is take my capital gains tax-free allowance out each year. Nice. So it's just a nice thing. So even if it so, and it's either going to go to the moon or go to zero, zero, it won't stay where it is. Mm. So I'm I'm and I'm either way, I'm you know, I'm, I'd be happy if it goes to the moon, but even zero still won on crypto. I think it's okay. 
Uh, back going to back to 2016. Yeah, that was a sidetrack. What were we talking about? That happens a lot on this, on this, uh, on this show, on this podcast. So don't worry. On this show. On this no, show. <laughs> we're moving up the world. We're on the we're on the upward trend, upward trend, upward trend <laughs> with crypto. Exactly. Trend. That's a new one. Oh, Tweety Bird. Oh, Tweety Bird. <laughs> Oh, that was it. OPM and Mimo. That was it. That's how that it was it. Was. Some some yeah. random bird you met. It was talking about OPM and Mimo. <laughs> That's the one. That's the one. Exactly. But, but she wasn't a trade, so not not quite on your tip. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. True. <laughs> um, so she was just saying, signposted me to some networking events, and then I just thought, wow, some of the people I met, I thought, wow, I need to be around these kind of people. So I. Uh, Got, got, you know, did some training, started on the journey and just, yeah, it, it, I, I couldn't have believed it would have went as well as it has. I mean, it's like, yeah, it's been, it's been unbelievable so far. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Oh. That's great. And then you hear you are on Property Jam. Like life and they, and this is better. the pinnacle of a very sharp rise. I'm, I'm honoured to be on this show. <laughs> To be on this show, Jonathan. Jam. Uh, that is generally where people find themselves. Um, and then a very rapid decline. Yes. I was going to say, it's all downhill from here, isn't it? A bit, a bit like the a bit like Bitcoin at the moment. Yeah. Um, oh, don't. And um, so the question we always ask our guests when they come on the property is, what does the human side of property when they come on the property? On the property. That, again, well, the wording just, of that is really bad. Just really bad, Matt. Just for <laughs> listeners, I'm, I'm coming out of a COVID fog. So um, uh, my words are in the wrong order at the moment. So um, <laughs> jam property, human side <laughs> of. <laughs> Perfect. Crystal. Love it. <laughs> uh, in, in, in what, sorry, I, I, I should have done a bit more research. In what sense do you mean that? Like the people were renting to my my experience that's your answer that's the thing it's like it's complete what does that question mean to you because like, all right okay you know what I mean like the human side of property could literally mean anything at all and it does mean right. different things to different people so it's like when when we ask that question like what immediately comes up into your head yeah well the thing that jumps straight in my head is in one of my buy to lets in the northeast I've got the most lovely little family and they I hope they're not going to hear this because it's not a promise. This isn't a contract. <laughs> but if things continue as they are, at some point, I'm just going to say to them, you can stay here for as long as you want. No rent. Uh, or at least just cover them all. Just something, some massive thing that will just be life changing to them. Because they're just a lovely, lovely family. You know, they've got, uh, one of the kids is, is, is slightly disabled. The other one has lots of ish needs, special needs, and uh, they just work so hard and they just haven't had a break. And they're so honourable. It's like they, they asked, could they pay £100 less one month? Uh, and I said, yeah, you know, of course, yeah, what's, uh, and we'll give it you next month. And Because it was the, the dog that needed to go to the vet. And it's like, you know, these, and, and uh, you know, it's a thing we should remember. A lot of our tenants are literally living hand to mouth. They, what they earn, they spend every month. Which is why kind of a lot of people I know when they were on furlough, they've never been so well off because 80% of salary with no outgoings, no restaurant, just means they've got money on the hip. These people, 80% of salary is 20% below breaking even. So they're struggling. Uh, and I said, oh, of course, yeah, you, you know, 
but don't give me a hundred pound next month struggle. Just give me ten pound a month for the next ten months or whatever. So there's that side of it where you can actually, if if you you know, if you're so inclined, make massive differences to people's lives because landlords, as we know, get a shit reputation. We're like one rung below bankers and you know whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but actually, most of the landlords I know provide fantastic housing i mean it's like even rent reviews i don't really do rent reviews when i've got tenants in the property i'd rather they just carry on paying the numbers work for me so i'm happy with that and then between tenancies then i'll do a rent review so you know two or three years 10 pound more a month 15 pound more a month won't make a difference to me really but for, well it obviously makes a difference but not not life-changing but some of these people, it is a massive life-changing amount and a, and a stress. And I'd rather just sat there and stayed there for 10 years and everyone's a winner. Yeah, that's nice. So there's, there's, that, there's that part of it. There's, there's another part of it where, um, well, from my human side of it, it's just taken over my life. I just bloody, it's just <laughs> dominates my life. So I'm working on redressing that a little bit. But... As I'm getting kind of closer to some of my targets, uh, one of the other things that we're, we're going to do, and it's, it's slightly selfish because obviously my daughter, I come from pretty poor kind of area of Salford, all Irish immigrants and everybody worked really hard and was paid crap. Uh, but my daughter's never known any of that. So obviously it, it rubs me a little bit that she takes so much for granted, but her reality is all she knows, obviously. So once we get to, a, I've got a couple of target figures in mind, we're going to set up some kind of charity between ourselves. And we might piggyback off another charity just for the logistics where we'll go into somewhere like Africa or India and uh, in some way sponsor some young girls who would have no other opportunity to go on and get educated and stuff there. And the idea is one a year at least for 18 years and then the deal is everybody feels back in it. So it it, it starts to recycle skills and knowledge and mindset. Mm. So that's another little thing. There's, there's loads. Honestly, property is life-changing. And you can't, I knew, I, I, when I speak to people, I tell them, I knew when I was going to do property, I was going to learn tactical skills and how to do this and the refinancing and all that. But the mindset stuff has been phenomenal and the network has been incredible as well. Meeting people, you just change the way you look at everything. It's, it has been life-changing, and not just financially or property-wise, but in, in, in so many things. Yeah, that's very yeah, true, yeah. actually. And did you, did you think that was part of the process, parcel when you started it in the first place? Or was no, that just, I just wanted yeah. to be rich. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was literally that selfish and... Well, not selfish, just I was shitting it, to be honest with you, because like I said, I turned 50 in 2016 and thought, right, I need to get this pension thing going. And then it, it weren't happening. And, and, you know, I mean, it's a stupid thing to say, but if you've had a really good income for a long time and you've got a drop to whatever that pension would have been, I mean, it was like 15 grand or something. That's a big lifestyle change. Um, or you've just got to keep on working, which is just, oh, no way. Uh, so yeah, it was it, it was money driven initially, but it was there was a lot of fear there as well, yeah, mm. of the alternative. 
But all that other stuff was just a massive bonus. It's like people started talking to me about, I know, I, you know, I, I work with some um, new investors now and I tell them at the beginning, people were talking to me about vision boards and getting new why. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to buy houses. And it's ridiculous. Show me that the money. Stuff. <laughs> yeah, it, it was, it was. But, you know, without getting that stuff clear, one is you might never make that money because you won't have that consistency. And two, even if you get the money, it doesn't mean you're going to be happy. Yeah, this is it. I was talking, oh God, that's such a point. Do you know what? I was teaching property at the weekend and this topic of happiness came up a lot. And one student said to me, um, oh, I just, I think when you have money, you just get happy. And I was like, oh no, like, Two things. Number one, one does not equate to the other. You know, you think about so many people in positions of success, if you're measuring it by money, that is. And they are literally able to have whatever they want in terms of affordability. And they are still unhappy. So we know the answer to that. But the other thing is, regardless or irrespective of your financial circumstances, happiness is not a permanent state and nor should it be and I think property as a journey as an experience just takes you on that roller coaster of highs and lows and only proves that point that you can't just get into property and be happy all of the time because the whole process certainly does not demonstrate that philosophy because you are learning about yourself the entire time you have things that go wrong you deal with a whole spectrum of emotions so that idea of obtaining a permanence of happiness is just a myth. And it's something that, you know, should be openly talked about with people who are coming into it new. Don't you agree? Yeah, but don't get me wrong. <laughs> uh, money takes the sting out of being poor. It, it really does. So it's one thing you don't have to worry about, but that isn't your whole world. Yes. You, If you are a half glass full kind of person, you'll be a poor or a rich half glass full kind of person Absolutely. and vice versa. If you're somebody who gets up and sees the, the sun, you know, the sunrise and goes, what a lovely day. Yeah. You, you know, mo money doesn't decide whether you've got that in you. You, no. you will be happy or sad, whether you're rich or not. Now I having money gives you one less thing to worry about, but it's a small part of life. Yeah, and that's the thing. I wouldn't equate it to happiness, though. That's what I keep coming yeah. back to. It's like, for me, it's security and peace of yeah. mind. And those are completely different to happiness. Peace of mind means you haven't got to put your energy into something that you are, you know, to, to survive, you yeah. know, and, and, and you get peace of mind through, you know, sort of, um, what's the word? Not survival, but... Um, Yes, sustaining yourself. Yeah. So it's, and then you've got more time and more energy to put into other things that you choose to pursue, but it's not happiness. And I but, think but that's money in itself won't do that because I've got, I've got friends who earn a shed load of money, they, mm. but their lifestyle is 5% above their income. And every time they earn more money, they buy a bigger house and yeah. a better car and more, yeah. better holidays. Yeah. And if they ever lose their job, they are, I mean, they don't have this peace of mind. They don't have that, a sustainable kind of all the bases covered. You know, it would be having to reassess everything. Should anything, you know, illness, anything mean they can't earn that level of money again. Yeah. And that's the peace of mind. So the peace of mind comes with knowing 
you've got, you know, something. I mean, obviously, I've never, I, I've got a line I always say, I've never worked so hard since I've been having this passive income. But, but the, the passive side of property and the fact that you only have to do minimal work at, at times to keep it ticking over yeah. is a massive comfort that you know, you know, if you go, as a, especially if you work for yourself, you go outside, you break your leg, there's nobody paying you anything until you're fit enough to work again. Uh, whereas when you have a portfolio, that does take a lot of that heat off you. Yeah. I think it's a lot of it, obviously it comes down to perception and people's, where people are. So if, if and I, I, get, I can understand why people assume that if you have got money, it'll automatically make you happy because it, the, the lack of money causes so much stress and anxiety and worry. And they think, well, if only I could have, I don't know, a thousand pounds a month extra, then all my bills are paid and suddenly everything's cleared. But it's but like you said, Chris. Into thinking, we're yeah. brainwashed from birth into thinking, uh, being told that is the answer. Exactly. It's, not, it's, no, it, it's no surprise everyone thinks it. And it's, I, 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 was, I fell into the same trap myself before I started investing in properties. I had the assumption that if I got a better job or if I moved from to London or whatever it was, then as soon as, soon as I get that extra income, then I'm sorted. But like you said, the, the, the flat got bigger, the car got bigger, the holidays became more expensive and suddenly you just spend more. You don't save anymore. So it's just that vicious cycle. Yes. But you need a purpose as well. I mean, just some there was very early on um there's a friend of mine craig you, you know and uh just said to, to a group there was a guy in the in in a uh, network event he goes oh if you are so rich why are you here on a monday night mm, yeah I get and that. he just said well because we get a lot from it he goes you know when you first kind of hit your free you know your targets and you've got money you go on some holidays you do but there's only so many cocktails you can drink and how so many days of the year you want to sit on a beach or whatever and you need purpose for that proper happiness yeah yes yeah yeah it's true i think a lot of those um you know, a lot of the things that people don't create when you when money comes easily is, is good habits um it comes to you know saving is a habit it's not something you can just say oh, i'm going to do this month and it needs to be a recurring thing and i know it's not something i was ever taught to do as, as a kid um, so it's something which I'm, I'm very conscious of with 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 my daughter you know, of you know, creating good money habits from a very early age. Um, so I think, yeah. How um, old is she? She's 18 months. Right. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> come, come back to me in 11 years and then we'll have a chat about that. <laughs> yeah. Un, un, understood. Understood. Uh, we shall see. She's amazing right now. Um, and she's well, amazing. She's right. sucking you in. Yeah. It's making you love her. <laughs> She's got a tractor beam. It's all a trick. Oh, yeah. man, I'm telling you, you're like... You're rougher the little finger. <laughs> I, I totally will be as well. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're one of those half-glass um, empty people then. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to kids. On a Saturday like, yeah. night. <laughs> his his glass yeah. never empties. <laughs> awesome. So oh, I, th I think um, uh, hopefully you've come prepared with a question for us as well. Um, so it could be anything related to anything. Okay. Um, yes. Best day ever in and out of property. 
Oh God. Okay. <laughs> That's huge. That's how I felt when you said the human side of profit, Chris. Go. <laughs> Just payback time. <laughs> Revenge is sweet. Revenge is sweet. Um, yeah. Best day. Best day ever. I can. Okay. I think I'm going to be. I'm going to. Mine's probably going to be very cheesy for the in for the property one, and it was when I bought my first house. Oh. Because cheesy. that was like it was it's kind cheesy. of. Yeah, cheesy. Yeah. So it was kind of like because I had a quite a negative mindset coming into it. I had a really bad money mindset, um, and I always was off the impression it's okay for them, but I can't do that. Um. So when I bought my first house. And you get the phone call to say, congratulations, you've completed. I'm like, oh, and what happens now? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> completed what? <laughs> the game. Uh, <laughs> completed the game, yeah. I was actually in an Aldi car park when it happened, um, when I got that phone call. And I was just thinking, oh, okay, so I can do this too. Um, so a, a cheap and cheerful little bite to let. Um, not the best deal that I've ever bought. It was worth 50,000. Well, I paid 50,000 pounds for it six years ago seven years ago and it's still worth fifty thousand pounds today so but it's been rented most of that time so uh, i think that's probably the best day was just that little switch going off in my head thinking okay i can do this too yeah i i think my i think it, it's those first isn't it i mean my i think my first my one would in property would be the first time i refinanced and it was memo and it it, it was like shit it's not a con <laughs> It's true. It does work. That was like, wow. Because up until that, you were, nobody could tell you you were going to get the refinance at the right number. It was all hearsay and a bit voodoo. And that was like, and I like, like you, little by to let. And yeah, that's. Yeah, I think getting the, the, that first refinance in the bank is, you know, the seeing, the proof in the pudding. Um, getting, getting the first investor on board. You know, the first £10,000 investor, that was um, a big day. Going, oh, people actually believe in um, you know, what I'm doing here. Um, so that was an investor who wasn't a family member, or, my, or should I say my mum. So uh, <laughs> that, that was that was good. I don't, I don't think that's the best day ever. I'm still mulling mine. What's the best I could, well, for, yeah, best I could come up with in two minutes? <laughs> yeah. Um, I want my best day ever outside is just holding my daughter. That was oh. like life changing. That was, I'd lost my mum uh, two years prior and I was in a really dark place. Like I'm not religious. I didn't have any of that stuff to fall back on. And it was, it was just like, what the fuck's the point? And when I held her, I was like, that's the point. Because mm. it's like the genes kind of, yeah. That's your eternal life. Oh, yeah. that's so lovely. Oh God! <laughs> I'm trying to think. So compete with that, Joe. <laughs> I know, right? Well, I'll go back to prophecy. Um, I'll tell you about the row we had last night, though, if you want. <laughs> <laughs> just to offset it. That, that yeah. literally is the moment because that's the best moment. It's been downhill since. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and you realise what she was going to turn into, yeah. and you're when like, she, right. When she learned to speak, yeah. Was... <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, best day in property. Um, oh, God, it's just really funny, isn't it, how you describe the best. For me, it's probably less about the properties I've bought because they're 
I don't know, like the bricks and mortar side of things has never kind of been the thing that buzzes me, you know? And I think for me, it's about the people that I've um, discovered, I suppose, who have been just invaluable. So there's two. It was the day I met my builder um, and just the support that he's been, but also my letting agent, Harry, uh, who's been on the podcast. I think when you find two people, especially when you don't operate on your doorstep, who you just know are going to make everything okay, there's something about that trust and security that as an investor fills my heart because I cannot be there all the time. I cannot keep my eye on everything all of the time. And knowing that somebody has just got my project or got my property in check, who's just fucking amazing at what they do is it's like those people are gold dust because there's so many bad ones out yeah. there as well how, do you how know long do you work with them so I met I met Ian as my builder in 2015 at 8 a.m in the McDonald's on the Grimsby Road <laughs> and yeah not and like it's you remember been, it very clearly or anything no <laughs> no it's not etched on my brain at all but you know like he's my eyes and ears on the ground he's just been you know I really trust him you know and you know, you go to, I went to his wedding, you know, you get really close, you know, his family, it becomes a real connection. And then you've got like your letting agent who, I mean, and this, this is in Lincoln. So this was a couple of years later. I met Harry in 2017 or back in 2016, maybe either way. And the trust, the level of trust and the level of management that I hand over to him so that I don't have to worry. And the amount of energy upset and stress that he saved me has been one of the most, I think, important elements of what I do. So I think unbeknownst to me at the time, I think it's been like an accumulative high that I've got off of that, as opposed to oh, on that day, it was the, I just knew I'd found the, the team, you know? Um, yeah, so that's that. And then best day of my life, I find that almost impossible to answer. I don't know. Um, Still I don't to know. Come. <laughs> Still to come, yes. Maybe. Maybe, um, yeah, maybe. Potentially. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually struggling with that one as well because I think there have been so many best days but at different stages of my life and for different reasons. Um, so I could pick out a handful of things that have been the best point, it, the best time at that point in my life. Um, and one, a very significant one, I guess, for me because I'm all about freedom and uh, traveling and not being tied to any place or anything like that. Um, and that You'll was have to come on I, the camper van now. I, 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 I come in on, the camper van. It's on my my, my camper van or my uh, motorhome is on my vision board. Yeah. <laughs> it's my motorhome on your vision board. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you like, mate. Whenever you like. <laughs> I think it, when I when I took my first trip to New Zealand, uh, I was like on I, I did like a sandwich year um, at uni. And on the sandwich year, I went to I went for like six or eight weeks at the, as a as a starting point, um, and just that experience and the 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 feeling of freedom and being able to do that for the first time away so far on my own, um, and literally I was in control of everything I wanted to do. So I decided when I was going to go, I decided where I was going and who I was going to meet and what I was going to see when I was there, and it was just uh, yeah, it was such a feeling of. Uh, I guess, yeah, freedom, and it was, yeah, that, that was a massive point for me. I was like seven, 18, 18, 19 at the time. Yeah. 
that, that freedom's massive because with the design business, I'm tied to the <laughs> nothing <laughs> suspect going on. I'm, I'm always behind the desk, and as great as the the job is and all that, it's it's so frustrating. It's not healthy. Number one, you do long hours. You're very sedentary. But I just want to. I want to travel. I want to spend time. And I want you know. When I go in the investment area, I'm up and down in a day or two days, and it's just like 500 mile round trips and all the rest of it, and it's a lot. Whereas I just want to go up one day, spend the next day doing what I've two days doing what I've got to do, couple of nights out, relax day, drive back, and uh, that's what I'm working on. I mean, more freedom. Then the and the the mobile home is a big part of that. Right, yeah. Oh, and I suppose just to round it off, best day ever. Um, just stealing a bit from everybody, really. Because um, uh, part of me thinks, oh, the day my daughter was born should be the best day ever. Uh, but it, it was a good day. But I remember being a little bit disappointed in that I didn't feel the, that, that, in, in that kind of initial rush of, wow, I, I feel in, I fall in love with my daughter. And I was like, oh, this doesn't feel like I, I thought it would. Ah, right. this kind of wrinkled little thing you know, what do I now what do I do with it also, <laughs> I think it that's really honest I think it's really, yeah, really yeah, honest yeah. To stuff like that I think it's really and good it was, and it was in the midst of Covid as well and um so I wasn't allowed to stay around um yeah the hospital very long and stuff so um and then I kind of realized that actually it's over that period of time and yes I'm being drawn in um but actually there was there was a, these moments where I was like actually yes no I do really love her and it and it grows um I think that's something which I've I've never heard anyone else say, but I, I imagine it's probably not uncommon um, that people say actually you, know, you fall in love with your child. It, it doesn't happen straight away, and especially for dads. I mean, yeah. the, you know, there's quite a lot of talk around you know um, mums kind of not feeling that bond straight away and having those kind of issues. But you don't. You never. Oh, right, okay. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think it's really honest. Yeah, more yeah. men should talk about that for sure. Yeah. 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 But it wasn't it wasn't an issue it wasn't something where i was like oh this isn't my child it was well this is definitely my child <laughs> um, as you're looking at lara with your eyebrow up going hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, no but but um but it, it it wasn't the best day ever but it's it will lead to the best days ever i am i'm i'm i know and um um yeah i look back on photos i've just just started doing some more social media work and going through the history of photos just trying to find interesting things to talk about and yeah looking back at photos of her when she was a lot younger and she was um a lot younger as in last year <laughs> like, but again put, put it into perspective um and uh yeah but she was she's getting growing every day and um yeah it's amazing to see see her have her first words and for her first words to be dada was obviously a very, no. very important day um, oh. for me um yeah so best day ever and then coming back to outside of that um uh in property um i think com uh, i think completing on deals which have been an absolute ball ache to get over the line where you're dealing with i remember one with five sets of investors um i remember and nala remember this there was one summer where we were, at, we were at a music festival and uh, I was definitely trying to enjoy myself in this place with little signal, but the deal that was supposed to have completed before um, we went on the, on the festival hadn't done. 
for various reasons caused generally by actually it was caused by the lender and numerous sets of solicitors um, and and um, new requirements being brought out at the very very last minute so in total I was dealing with five sets of solicitors um, in a field um, like with glitter everywhere like hot, hot not hot pants now was in the hot pants I was in the flares <laughs> and oh this is good <laughs> <laughs> just have you got video <laughs> evidence is there, there, is, there is photographic evidence there is photographic evidence yeah. i don't yeah. think yeah. it's ever made it onto social media and probably rightly so um i should know some of it might have been anyway uh, but i think the whole whole point was i was supposed to be there to relax and um yeah uh, it was very stressful but when that deal completed that was yeah that was mega because you go through so much aggro and so many challenges and so many hurdles that when you kind of I suppose reach the top um which actually wasn't actually the the, the um <laughs> the end of that that particular saga that was just the beginning of that particular saga but um yeah the end of the beginning was lots of fun so that, that was probably one of the best days um because it was the biggest deal to date um yeah so I think if, if you'd have reframed the question as like what has been like your funniest day or what's been like the silliest day I, I've got like a whole like backstory I've got like an archive full of things but like the best day it's like let's have a laugh at your funniest day or silliest day I think the funniest day for me the one that jumped into my head but I didn't say it was like when one of my houses got used as a student um sex uh, gallery so have we ever talked about this on the podcast? I don't think we have. It's just How have we not <laughs> heard of this before? No. What do you mean by sex gallery? So it was used as a, by, by a museum. So, there was, so some um, students from the local university um, were looking for a space to stage some of their art projects. Um, and there was, yeah, the, the Harry, my letting agent, sort of said, oh, you know, whilst this one's waiting for a refurb, why don't you just let them use it over the summer? And I was like, yeah, go on. It was only like one day or two days or something. So I let them all in and oh my God, I, 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 was, I went up because I was curious and I, I went up and um, yeah, I was just walking around rooms full of dildos and, and sort of vibrators and like each And then room, you went to the exhibition. Yeah, yeah. I just got, I got ready, got prepared, did what I needed to do, and then I went off. Yeah, but I was just like, and you know, you're like, this is so strange. And like Harry was with me, and we were just looking at each other, going, "What the fuck is going on?" And like in one room, um, it was more about the emotion um, around the sexual experience, and it had like they had these teddy bears. And the teddy bear had like a red heart on it and you press the red heart and it would say a message. And it was all, it was awful things. Like you'd walk, you'd open the, the inbuilt wardrobe and in there would be a teddy bear and you'd press the red heart and it would just say, my daddy beats me. Or like, it, or, yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, I don't like being touched there. And you're like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah, and then up in the loft, up in the loft, there was like this weird, um, it was like a, I don't know how you word it really, there was, you could sort of get different like magnets, like letters, and you can put them in a different order, like a whiteboard kind of thing, but not, and they, they'd spelt loads of like obscure words, so I walked in and there was a clitoris staring me right in the face, and like, it was just very bizarre experience, but you know when you think, yeah, that's one, that's one for the, that's one for the party (laughs) chat, that's good. Wow. 
I've heard some random stuff coming from you in your portfolio, but that has to top it all. <laughs> oh, there's more. Are, are you, you know how uh, they just... So moving me. on, moving on. Uh, let's play a little game of episode roulette just to bring it back around to property to finish our episode today with Chris. Um, remember Chris, who's with us, joining us as our guest today. Um, <laughs> here to talk about on the show. Is no? On the show. <laughs> on the Property Jam show. <laughs> Um, so um, for those listeners who are new to Property Jam, uh, the Property Jam roulette is where I'm going to scroll through previous episodes of Property Jam and Chris, our guest, is going to say stop. And then we're going to ask him his opinion on that particular episode topic, not the episode, the topic. So um, I am now scrolling. So stop whenever you like. Oh. OK, episode 18, Property Projects. What's your favourite bit? Uh, I'm really boring because I just love the rip out. Everyone goes, oh, I don't like it, don't like it. I love it. And I get my camera and I shoot beautiful photos of derelict, ripped out properties. And because everybody takes really crap photos when they buy it and then really nice photos when they're done. But all that middle bit, they might just take, you know, iPhone or whatever. But I actually do pretty much the same quality photos as my staged photos. Because in my angel hunting or my investor hunting, they never see a stage like that done nicely. And that's the stuff where they go, gee, whoa, you know, when you take the floors and the walls out of a building you left with the shelf, then they go, bloody hell, let's get, this is serious stuff he's doing. It isn't just like, you know, a couple of little tinkering about. So that's, I just love that stage because it raises most of my money. Right, yeah, I just, it's texture. It's like it's like an old prodigy video or something like that. I just really like the like the, the set. <laughs> nice. Do you like creating derelict sets? Yes. That could be a that could be a side project. You don't even have to finish them. You just um, create them and then stick them on. I'll buy nice houses and just rip them out. That's it. Done. Rip them out and then charge um, film companies a fortune to go and film in them. There you go. Yeah. I love it. Or, art, or students, students to go and do art galleries in them. There you go. Sold. Right. I'm scrolling. One more. Let's do one more and then we'll uh, wrap Stop. up some. Oh. Um, okay. It caught me unawares. Um, episode 22 FOMO. Oh. Do you suffer from FOMO or, any, or anything like that? With food. With food, I love a tapas or a chichetti, so it's all sharing food. If I order one meal, I could have the best meal in the world, but I'm so jealous of whoever's sat opposite me. <laughs> just in me, just in me. Can't do anything <laughs> about it. And even if I ordered the same thing, theirs would be a bit bigger or a nicer. Oh, Honestly, okay. it's a problem. It is a problem. <laughs> So what do you, how do you how do you cope with that then? Um, you just order more sharing platter, sharing plates, and things like that. So me and my daughter, when we get, we'll pour the wine and we'll pour the nibbles, and we'll both be like this, checking who's got more. And it doesn't matter; we both feel we've been diddled. <laughs> so so have a it's so can sad. do you can you ever have a good night out then? Is it always ruined? Oh no, it's not <laughs> right. So nights out, pubs, you're not. It's it's food is the main one, 
but at home it's nibbles. Nibbles is the thing, and while I'm well, checking the nibbles, we also check the wine. Yeah, well, and, I'm, yes. and I'm all I'm I'm at the stage now where I can go shh, shh, and the up the, the like that the same because I know well, it's the just solution. Stressed. The solution for that is uh, you know you, you need the pre-poured measures. So, well, each <laughs> exactly. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think on that note, uh, we'll wrap it up for today. Thank you so much, Chris, for being with us on this episode of Property Jam. Uh, so, in Property Jam style, it's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye for me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from them. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs>